Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. reality is, is every time that we see tongues used within the New Testament where there is an explanation of what they are saying, it is giving glory to God, glory and honor to God. And so it's not a word of prophecy. That's another gift. He doesn't use tongues to prophesy. Prophecy is another gift. Tongues are used to glorify God. It edifies man through glorifying God. Speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift listed by Paul, and there are so many places in the scriptures that refer to the use of tongues. In today's message, Pastor David recognizes that the gift of tongues has many interpretations and practices in the church, yet a common aim for this gift in scripture is to honor God. Pastor David proposes that tongues is not a gift that everyone will have, but when it is properly used by those who receive it, believers can be edified, which brings glory to God. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, discerning and tongues. can give any of us any of the gifts at any particular time he desires. It's his gift giving to us as he wills. And again, at that point in time, you know, that that guy didn't need other gifts, but what he did need is that gift of discerning spirits. I, I don't believe that it's by accident that again, following uh, this whole situation, that uh, not too long after that, the, the troubler left, moved out of, even moved out of the community. He was just checked in those areas. Do we need the gift of discerning of spirits in the church today? I believe absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, there, I believe particularly in these last days, there are going to become more and more of those times. Although I look at the word and it happened in the Old Testament, it happened during Jesus' time, it happened during the first century, and it's still happening today. Why? Because the enemy wants to get in and trip you up any way that he can. Sometimes we just need to pray, Lord, give me discernment in this. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, give me discernment in that? Well, I believe that when the Lord gives us discernment, that's part of that discerning of spirits, a direction, a leading where we should go in these things. Well, here we have the gift of discerning of spirits, and it's kind of interesting to note that it's right between two other gifts, the gift of prophecy. It follows the gift of prophecy, which I think is very important. You've got the gift of prophecy, but at the same time, that gift of discerning of spirits. And then it comes in prior to that next one, you know, that 
troubling one, the gift of tongues, the gift of tongues. Well, I believe also that through the discerning of spirits, that both of those other gifts can be tested too. The gift of prophecy as well as the speaking in tongues, the gift of tongues. This next gift, that the gift of differing tongues, differing kinds of tongues. Undoubtedly, gang, it's the most confusing, most rejected, but the most abused and most understood, I believe, of all of the gifts. First of all, Let's kind of lay aside all the weirdness, okay? There, there's, there's a lot of weirdness that we've seen. We come into this, many of us come into this with a background of either being in a church or in a situation where things got totally out of hand. Either we were there firsthand, we experienced it, or someone told us about it, and so we come in with this understanding. Perhaps you came here tonight, and, and you've been in a church setting where all the, the entire time that you were in that church setting, you know, you've always known, you've always understood that that gift is no longer used today. It's not necessary. It's no longer used today, and so you come in, you think, well, that It's not a needful gift. But again, I I challenge you not to take my word. Don't take the word of another pastor or even commentator. Look at the word of God and discern it yourself. What does the word of God say and speak about these things? We spoke a little bit, I believe, about that last week, about when these things will will pass away. And we'll be getting into that uh, even more so as we get into chapter 13, and then we move on into chapter 14. Primarily, there's only two words that are translated tongue or tongues within your New Testament. There, There are two Greek words, dialectos and glossae, dialectos and glossae. Now, of those, and this is where I don't have a a PowerPoint for you, but I've got tons and tons of scripture passages that would be great for you to write down or at least look. I'll call them out. You don't need to look there, but if you want to write them down, please do, because again, it, it might help you to understand Let's take the, the first one, dialectos, first. Dialectos is, is a word that's, that's simply translated. We get our English word, guess what, of dialect, okay? He speaks the German dialect. He speaks the Italian dialect. He speaks the Hebrew dialect. It's a, definitely, it is a known language, dialectos is a known language. We see it, in fact, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of brief instances within, primarily within the book of Acts, uh, one actually in 1 Corinthians, but listen to these for just a moment. In, In Acts chapter 1, verse 19, he's simply speaking about the language of the people. In Acts 2, 6, it says, we hear them in our own language. Uh, the same thing in two eight Acts two eight we hear our own language in Acts fourteen eleven they speak about the Lyconian dialectos the Lyconian language in t- chapter twenty one verse forty it is the Hebrew dialectos the Hebrew language in twenty two verse 
two, same thing, Hebrew language, Hebrew dialectos. Chapter 26, verse 14, the Hebrew dialectos. So in each one of those, speaking about a language. Now we get into 1 Corinthians, and here's where Paul starts speaking and explaining about this gift of tongues, and yet even in the midst of that, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 11, he talks about understanding the meaning of the dialectos. He uses that word, the meaning of the known language. And then in Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, he starts speaking about uh, people speaking blasphemy and filthy dialectos. Okay, So by and large, that word dialectos means language, a, a known language, an understandable language. We see that we understand that. The next one becomes the difficult one because glossé can mean a physical tongue or a language. A physical tongue or a language. And again, my abbreviations here were just writing these down. I was going to get them a little bit more extended for you. So bear with me if you would. Uh, Mark, in, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verse 33 and 35, it speaks about the physical tongue. Okay? We get in Mark chapter 16, Jesus is telling the disciples there will come a time when you will speak in new. Glossalea. So there he is speaking of languages. He's defining it in the context of speaking with a new language. So one, we have physical tongue. Now still in the Gospel of Mark, we use the same word, but in the context, it's speaking of language. In Luke chapter 1, there was somebody who could not speak, and so the Lord touched them and loosed their glossalea. They loosed their tongue, okay? In Luke chapter 16, verse 24, the rich man who was sent down to Hades asked Father Abraham if Lazarus could come, dip his finger in water, and cool my glossalea, my glossalea. Uh, again, cool my physical tongue. So we see that. Then in Acts chapter 2 is where we start seeing that move in the work of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, beginning in uh, chapter or verse 3 and 4, remember this is the upper room experience. And there in the upper room experience, it says that the Holy Spirit came down upon those that were in that upper room, came down and uh, upon them were like cloven tongues of fire. And again, now that brings it again to a physical tongue, speaking again, not a language, but a physical tongue. Then, in the same chapter, we, and as a matter of fact, let's, let's look at a couple of these in Acts, just to, so you can see them and we can maintain the context of what it's speaking. Because one of the things I don't want to do is get you out of the context. In Acts chapter 2, We'll do the one in verse 3, which we just did. Acts chapter 2, verse 3. Then there appeared on them divided tongues, glossolae, as of fire. Okay, and, and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and then began to speak with other glossolae. Tongues, same word. Now it's translated other languages, okay? One is the physical tongue, the other one, the same word, but now it's translated into language. Now down in uh, verse 11, 
He says, now this is, again, as, as all the multitudes are gathering around, they're hearing what's going on in that upper room. All these people from uh, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own glossalia, our own tongues. In other words, speaking of languages, Okay. So it's used in both cases there within the second chapter. Down in chapter 10, the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 46. Let's back up. I'll do 44 to bring you into the context. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, this is in the house of Cornelius. Cornelius, a Gentile. This first event in chapter 2 happened all to Jews. Now in chapter 10, the same event, same similar event is happening with Gentiles. Peter still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed they were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had now been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with glossolae and magnify God. The same word, now they're speaking about languages, and in particularly, this is known foreign languages, understanding what's going on there. Okay? Now let's move to chapter 19. Still in the book of Acts, chapter 19. Paul here at Ephesus, verse 4. Acts 19, verse 4. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the, Holy, of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on him, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with glossolalia and prophesied. Now, the men were about 12 in all. Now, one real quick thing about this chapter 19 verse. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. You need to understand that's two different gifts, okay? I've heard a lot of times in situations where people will speak in what they call in, you know, speaking in a tongue, and there'll be an interpretation there, and the person interpreting it will give it out as a prophecy. Thus saith the Lord, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever it might be. But the reality is, is every time that we see tongues used within the New Testament where there is an explanation of what they are saying, it is giving glory to God, glory and honor to God. And so it's not a word of prophecy, that's another gift. He doesn't use tongues to prophesy, Prophecy is another gift. Tongues are used to glorify God. It edifies man through glorifying God. And we'll see that a little more as we go into this. So if you're having trouble with that, if you're struggling with that, just note that and let's look at that a little bit more. Uh, the next areas or next times that we see glossale or glossae used is in Romans chapter 3, verse 13, and Romans 14, 11. Both of those are dealing with the physical tongue. And then we get into the situations that we find ourselves here in the book of 1 Corinthians. So go back to 1 Corinthians, if you would. And 
some of this is going to be a little bit of repetition, but bear with me, if you would, as, again, kind of laying the foundation of, of what this gift is for, why it's there, uh, what it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look with me, if you would, again in verse 10. To another, the Holy Spirit brings the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. Now, let me stop right here. Throughout many of these translations or that, that we'll use here, depending upon your translation, you might find, as I find here in the New King James Version, the word different is in italics. How many of you find that within your Bible? Do you know what that means when they put it in italics? It means it's very important. Pay attention to that. No, that's not what it means. It means it, it's not really in the Greek, and what the, the translator is doing is interpreting at the same time he's translating. It's kind of a dangerous thing. You know, if, if, if I want to give you a personal message and I tell Doug this personal message to give to you, Lee, and I'm going to give him, listen, I want you to tell Lee these words, and you go over and you start speaking to Lee, and you start kind of saying, well, you know, I really think what he means is this, this, and this. Well, you're no longer giving my words. So be careful with that. Be very careful I mean, they put them in there for the benefit. I don't think that they're putting them in there to cause somebody to stumble up or to, to fall away from the grace of God. I think they try to put them in there for our benefit. But again, many times if you read it and you see that thing, kind of mentally strike that out, read it and say, okay, what is it saying? Um, in the context of all we're going to look at, I understand why they put it there. Differing kinds of tongues. But again, that's not what was written. Again, the idea, these kinds of tongues, well, we do know that there's going to be difference. We're going to see that. But just be careful on those kinds of things. So the first time that we see this in Paul speaking about a gift of the Holy Spirit, being tongues, being one of the Spirit's gifts, he's not speaking of the physical tongue, is he? Shake your head like this. Let me know you're with me. Okay. He's not speaking of a physical tongue. He's speaking of a language tongue. Now, at this point in time, now we, we, we have that discussion saying, okay, is he speaking like, okay, this guy who is Irish is suddenly speaking Italian or, or French, and he does, or is he speaking a totally unknown tongue? And that's going to be part of our discussion as we look through here. Look in chapter 12 still, down in verse 28, the next time that we see this gift listed. He, sees, uh, he says, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations. Now here's varieties of tongues. So what they've done is they kind of took that, put it in the context. That's why they said different up on top. It's not a bad thing. It's just, again, they're interpreting as they go. Varieties of tongues. And again, this isn't in the context of that. We know it's not the physical tongue. It is the language. A variety of, can we simply say languages? I mean, would that, that wouldn't be stretching it. That's what he is speaking. Differing or a variety of languages. Variety of tongues. And again, it is a special gift of the Holy Spirit. And then again, the last time there in that chapter, he asked a very important question. Look at verse 29. Are all apostles, 
Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Let me stop there. That's the end of verse 29. Do you understand what Paul is writing and how he is writing this? He's writing this with the understanding that your answer, our answer to him will be, well, of course not. Well, of course not. They don't, not everybody has the gift of prophecy or, or, or apostleship or the working of miracles. We know, no, that's, that's the truth. And now he goes on, same concept, same idea. Do all have the gifts of healings? Our answer would be, well, of course not. Do all speak with tongues? Well, yes, if they have the Holy Spirit and they're truly saved. Have you ever heard that? I, I've heard that many times, different denominations or churches. If you're truly saved... You'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and if you're truly baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will speak in tongues. Now, what does that do to someone who truly wants to be saved, who truly wants to be part of that fellowship? They do it. I'll speak in a tongue. It may may not sense to anyone, but I can blabber with the best of them because I want to be saved. I want to be part of the group. And so you have all these false things that are going on, And suddenly, you might have a whole room full of false people, but I'm not telling you I'm false. You're not telling me you're false. You're not telling me you're false. But this poor one over here, she's wondering, well, everybody else is doing it, so I've got to do it. Where's the reality of it? I've been in churches, (laughs) went to them for a while. You (laughs) got to understand my background. It's strange. Went to churches, I forget who I was telling just the other day about this. You went, went to the church. You had to have one of two things, or you had to have two things primarily with you. You needed a Bible and a tambourine, okay? And if you had to leave one at home, leave the Bible at home because they're not going to use it that much anyway, okay? But, I mean, the worship time, I mean, it was lively. I mean, really, really lively. And then in the middle of the service sometime, you know, hey, let's just all praise God in our heavenly language. And you felt like an absolute doof if you didn't have a heavenly language because everybody around you was. And so what do you do? She wrote a Honda, she wrote a Honda, she wrote a Honda. (laughs) And there's a lot more that we used to blabber about, but... Why would we say that that one gift was the necessary gift when Paul so clearly says, hey, not everybody does that? Well, Paul goes in in chapter 13. We'll keep going with this. Chapter 13, verse 1, Paul says, look, I speak, what does he say? With the tongues of what? Men and angels. That's a peculiar thing. Now, what is he speaking there? Does that mean that he, is, he speaks foreign languages as well as some unknown tongue that no one can, and no, no earthly person can interpret? Well, Daniel, I believe Ezekiel, and, and Paul, all three of them, at one point in time in their life, they were brought up into the heavenlies, they they observe things, literally unutterable things. And some say, well, that's kind of what that tongues of angels is. It's it's a language of angels that that we just don't know. We, We don't interpret. I mean, let's face it, what is the language of God? Open our 
are so glad you joined us today on The Open Word for Pastor David Landry's verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. You can find more messages from Pastor David and information about The Open Word by visiting our website, theopenword.com. If you're looking for a home church and are in the Casa Grande area, why not join us for a time of worship and Bible study? Calvary Chapel Casa Grande has services each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can find location information and directions by going to theopenword.com and following the links to the church homepage. Now here's Pastor David with some information on how you can help support the ministry of The Open Word. Hey, I love being able to share the Word of God with you through this radio ministry. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. But as with any ministry, there are expenses. I know God is blessing His children through The Open Word, and God has given us a vision to see this ministry expand and reach even further. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to theopenword.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again as we continue digging deeper into the book of 1 Corinthians, right here on The Open Word.